This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. We've made it to Wednesday. It's December 8th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what you need to know today. Local newspapers are taking on big tech. Plus, what's behind our surprising December weather? But first, today's one big thing. How far Americans will go to beat Omicron. Today marks two years to the day since a mysterious new virus was discovered in Wuhan, China. That, of course, was soon dubbed SARS-CoV-2. And fast forward to today, we're grappling with the latest variant in another pandemic winter. Axios World Editor Dave Lawler marked today's anniversary with three notable numbers for you. More than 5 million people have died since that first case. It's been one year since the very first Pfizer COVID vaccine dose was administered to a woman in the U.K., And 54% of the global population has received at least one dose of a COVID vaccine. Now, as we look ahead, one big question is how willing are people to keep making changes to their lives because of the pandemic? A new Axios Ipsos poll shows us the nuance here. And Axios Managing Editor David Nather is with me to go through the results. Hey, David. Good to be here. So what exactly did this latest poll show about what Americans are willing to do to protect against the Omicron variant? Well, they're willing to wear masks. About six out of 10 Americans are willing to wear a mask. For the most part, they're not willing to do much else that really disrupts their lives again. So how much is there a contrast with the numbers here between, say, wearing a mask indoors and canceling holiday travel plans? Cancel their holiday trips? No. Fewer than one in four Americans are willing to do that. They're not going to stop going out to restaurants. Only about a third of Americans are willing to to stop dining indoors. They're not going to stop getting together with friends or family outside of the household. The time for taking big disruptive steps to protect themselves against another variant has passed a long time ago. So the interesting thing is that's individual behavior. We tend to think because of stories about vaccine mandates and protests that Americans are opposed to the government taking action. What did this poll show about people's preference for the government to enact big changes here? Well, this poll showed that Americans are much more open to broad public responses, whether it's by the government or by private businesses. For example, for local governments imposing mask mandates, there's 65% support for that. For private business mask mandates, 69% support. And for travel bans to keep people from other countries from entering the U.S., there's 67% support for that. And one other thing that really struck us is that there's broad support for having airlines require uh, passengers to prove they've been vaccinated before they get on the plane. And the thing is, U.S. airlines aren't even doing that. If you're going to travel for the holidays, you're not going to have to show your vax card. And this poll shows that two-thirds of Americans would be just fine with it if the airlines did that. 
I know a poll is a particular snapshot of sentiment at one point in time, but it is interesting to me that there seems to be bipartisan support for these broad initiatives when oftentimes the headlines tend to focus on people protesting about this. Right. Well, the headlines suggest that people are up in arms or, you know, they're hunkering down, getting ready for the Omicron variant. And it's not that they're ignoring it, but what it does show is that, you know, they want to do whatever it takes to allow them to keep living their lives. There's very, very little support for uh, another round of lockdowns. Only about a third of Americans would be into that. People are just tired of it. David Nather is Axios' managing editor for news. Thanks, David. Thank you. In 15 seconds, the national movement by local newspapers to sue Google and Facebook. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Over the past year, more than 200 newspaper companies across the country have been filing federal lawsuits against Google and Facebook. Their claim is that the tech giants have a monopoly over digital advertising that violates antitrust laws. Several newspaper chains in Georgia have either filed lawsuits, like the Cobb County-based Times Journal, Inc., or have retained counsel on this issue. Axios Atlanta reporter Crystal Dixon has been reporting out this story. Hi, Crystal. Hi, how are you? Crystal, what exactly are the Georgia papers alleging here? These papers are alleging that Google and Facebook, in the way they operate, have pretty much monopolized the digital advertising market. They're arguing that um, because these companies pretty much regurgitate their news on their own websites, they're not able to sort of recoup any sort of revenue they would have gotten from readers had they, I guess, read those stories on their website. How are Facebook and Google responding to these suits? Well, Facebook hasn't responded, but Google is saying that the claims are wrong and that the online advertising space is crowded and competitive and that its ad tech fees are lower than reported industry averages and publishers are able to keep the vast majority of revenue earned when they're using their products. I bet there are people who are listening thinking local newspapers are dying. Why does all of this matter? Well, I mean, it matters because these local community newspapers They are the bread and butter of where people get their local news of what's happening in their communities. The New York Times or, you know, other larger media outlets may not have that local perspective to provide that kind of coverage that can provide more context to a story that's brewing on a local level. So um, these companies are, it's a professor I talked to said that he believes that they actually make a really good point in their case. And um, they believe that Google and Facebook's presence in the market is, I guess, siphoning off revenue that they believe would help continue to provide that quality coverage to their readers. What do you think this says about the role that Google and Facebook play in media these days? People no longer go to homepages to read what's going on in the community. They go on um, Facebook, they go on Nextdoor, and they go to Google. So it's pretty much changed how people are um, consuming news at this point. And it's something that every company is essentially struggling with. That's Axios Atlanta reporter Crystal Dixon. Thanks, Crystal. Thank you. We've had some very weird temperatures in Washington, D.C. this week for the first full week of December. Monday was almost 70, and we've got 70 degrees forecast for this weekend also. 
If you were also in the lower 48, maybe you've noticed that December has been surprisingly balmy so far because the jet stream, a river of air that steers storms and weather, has been stuck north of the contiguous United States, bottling up the cold air in Alaska and northern Canada. Here to explain what's happening is Andrew Friedman, our climate and energy reporter for Axios. Hey, Andrew. Hi there. So why is the jet stream stuck? How does that even happen? Well, you know, just like anything else, the jet stream gets into a rut. So if you can kind of picture looking into a river or a stream that is flowing down and you see little rocks in it that that are sort of directing the water in certain directions. And every once in a while, you know, a stick will come along and it'll kind of make the water go in a different direction for a little while. And the jet stream is kind of similar to that. This thing that needs forms of uh, energy in terms of uh, storm systems to come along and jolt it out of the position that it was in. So what's doing that now? Right now, the jet stream is pretty well established in the pattern that it's in. It doesn't really want to move. And really what it needs is some forcing, is what meteorologists would call it. It needs some major storm systems to form probably downstream and kind of coil the jet stream in a different direction. But you have this pattern that is repetitively giving the contiguous United States unusual warmth and parts of Europe, unusual cold. And so far, there are really no signs that this will change in the next month or two. It actually looks like D.C., New York, Boston, some other places in the U.S. have a shot at their warmest December on record. That's Axios' Andrew Friedman. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for having me. That's it for us today. We love feedback. If you want to email us, our address is podcasts at axios.com. You can always message me directly on Twitter, or you can text me the numbers in our show notes. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. The podcast Business Casual for Morning Brew is back for a new season with new hosts. Nora Ali and Scott Rosowski give you a front row seat to conversations with some of the biggest names in business, asking them the questions you wish you could ask yourself. This season looks at how business shapes culture and how it transforms our lives. New episodes arrive every Monday and Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.